Anybody here know anyone, maybe it's you, maybe it's a spouse, that starts a project? Maybe it's, maybe it's painting your bathroom. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's changing out the flooring in your, in your upstairs spare room. Maybe it's cleaning out the garage. Maybe it's, maybe it's putting down some different landscaping or whatever. Uh, uh, you start that project, but then they don't ever finish it. Any, anybody know? Let me see your hands. Any, anybody know anybody like that? And, and it can be you. It can be you. And now, those are, those are like slow hands coming up. So, so it quite possibly could be in your house, and you're not wanting to bring attention to that or whatever. But there's, there, there's a slew of, of people that start out strong. Start out on fire. Start out excited about doing something. And, and, and for whatever reason, it kind of fizzles out and, and never gets accomplished, never gets finished, never gets completed. It, it started out great, and the intentions were there, and the desire was there to, to, to better something, to improve something, to, to get something going on the right path, on the right track, but for whatever reason, never quite got to where it needed to be. And with that in mind, we take our text today from Philippians chapter number 1, verse 3 through 6, be reading from the King James Version. If we could stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord this morning, and uh, if you could, there's 3, 4, 5, and 6, why don't you join in with me on the even verses, and I'll read the odd verses all alone, and when we join in reading, we, one doesn't go off ahead, and, and others lag behind, but we try to do it in unison. Somebody say amen. amen. There's something to be said about unity. Amen. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Every remembrance of you. Everybody. Verse 4. Always. Oh, we have to do that over. Again. Unison. 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 Always in every prayer of mine for you. All making request with joy. That was a little better. I, I think verse 6 will be better. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Somebody say now. Verse 6. Come on, you're on, you're on stage. Here we go. That's, that's good. That's good. That's good. Being confident in this very thing. That he which hath done what? Begun. A what? A good work. In who? In you. Will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We all know people that start things that maybe don't finish them all the way. But anything that he starts... He will always finish. He'll finish what he started. He'll finish what he started. One more time, could we lift up our hands and just honor the Lord and worship the Lord together in this house this morning. Lord, we love you so much. Come on, lift your voice. 
Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Give God praise. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your touch. Thank you for your strength and your power that we feel in this place. I pray, God, that you'd anoint your word to our hearts. Let our ears hear. Let our hearts receive. Let our minds understand what thus saith the Lord this morning. Let it be so. Speak to us, we pray. Draw by your spirit even right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. In advance, we thank you in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Why don't you give the Lord one more hand clap and clap of praise. He'll finish what he started. Principle found in the Bible is you will reap what you sow. Scripture says this, you reap what you sow. Principle of the harvest is not something that's rocket science. You don't have to go to school and study and try to figure it out. It's, it, it's pretty simple. It's a principle, and it cannot be changed. Principles don't change. Principles are, are everlasting. They're forever. You, you, you've talked to people that say, well, that's, that's Old Testament stuff there. That's, that, that, that's law. And a lot of times those, those people really don't know what they're talking about when they say that. But there's another, uh, 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 that's another message. We'll get into that another day. They say, well, that's law, and we're under grace. We're, we're a grace church. We're in the grace dispensation. And yes, that is true, but a lot of those things that, that are included in, in the law, in the Old Testament law, is what the Bible uh, calls principles. It's principles. Just because the law has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ does not mean that, that those principles are done away with. It does not mean that those quote-unquote laws are now over. It's still not good and still against principle to kill somebody. Somebody say amen. It's still not in, in good principles to steal from individuals. Somebody say amen. Just because the law is fulfilled does not mean that those kind of things went away. It is still right to have one wife. Somebody say amen. I mean, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's in, in the law. But that, does that mean because we're under grace that just goes away? No. Turn to your neighbor and say no. Some of these things are principles. And, and we abide by them whether or not Jesus come, whether or not we're in grace or not. It, it's included in the law, yes. But, but the principles, there are principles that predated the law and also postdate it as well. Principles do not change. And the law of the harvest, you reap what you sow, is a principle. You sow apple seeds, you will reap a harvest of apples. Listen to me, folks. You sow apple seeds, you reap a harvest. What fruit comes from that? Apples. It's the law of the harvest. You're not going to get peaches from an apple tree. No, you sow apple seeds, you get apples. You sow watermelon seeds. What do you hope to get from that? Watermelons. Why? Because that's just the law of the harvest. What you put in, you get out. What, what, what is put into the ground comes out as such. It's not going it, it, to change itself and, 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 and nothing new there. You should know that. And, and in the multiplicity of repetition, things are learned and things are grasped. How many know that you can tell your kids something over and over and over and over and they still do the opposite? 
It's, it's true. It, it just is. But you have to tell them over and over. And sooner or later, sooner or later, the hope is, is that they is that they get it. And don't mean to insult your intelligence today, but, but, but we can absolutely know and we can absolutely agree with a simple concept. But then when it's applied to God's word, completely ignore it and do the opposite. You reap what you sow. This cause and effect relationship is in place uh, whether you know about it uh, or not. Whether you recognize it uh, or not. It's in place whether you agree with it or not. It simply doesn't change. The same principles apply to friendships. The same principles apply to finances. The same principles apply to marriage as well as a host of other things. What you put into something impacts what you can expect to get out of it. You neglect your marriage or your health, and the outcome is predictable. In education, in athletics, you've experienced it for yourself, or you've watched it firsthand, possibly. What you put in determined what you got out. It doesn't matter if you agree or not. You reap what you sow anyway. That's just how it is. Tragedy is, believing it or not, doesn't change the fact that it operates in the background of each of our lives every single day. It's not just on Sunday mornings. It's not just when we gather together here that that works. That principle works every single day of the week. You remember the classic film where, where a girl named Dorothy, and this is spiritual, folks. Get in. Dig in here. This girl named uh, Dorothy gets picked up uh, in a tornado. She gets, she gets picked up and, and, and taken and, and is lost. And, and her, little, her little slogan, her little line that she repeats over and over, there's no place like home. There's no place uh, like home. She, she's told to follow the yellow brick road, the yellow brick road. Stay with me now. And it'll take her to the Emerald uh, City, the land of uh, Oz. And the end result, after a few obstacles in the path, uh, she never gets lost. She never gets lost. She keeps following the yellow brick road and makes it to the land of Oz. Why does that happen? Because there's something special about her, something special about the three characters, her companions that join in with her. Is that why? No. It's because that's where the yellow brick road led. And that was the path that she chose. Actually, it's what the author chose for her, and he stayed with the script. Wouldn't it be great though, folks, if there was a yellow brick road for all of our problems, for all of our situations, for things that we don't understand and don't know which way to turn. Everything that we wanted in life, we had a yellow brick road for. A yellow brick road for a happy marriage. A yellow brick road for financial security. A yellow brick road that led to better health. A yellow brick road that 
leads out of the valley of guilt and shame and even depression. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that there is that. There is that for you. Somebody today needs to quit looking for the solution to your problem and and start looking for the right path to be on because paths will lead you to destinations. You got to recognize the difference uh, in a solution and a path. Uh, Paths lead you to destinations. Uh, When you're on the right road, that road is going to lead you where the road leads you to. If you're driving and you're trying to get somewhere and you know you're not going the right direction, you know it's not taking you to where you want to go, you wouldn't stop and say, I need a solution. I've got a problem and I need a solution. Or one wouldn't ask ask for someone to fix their problem when someone is where they don't want to be they already know the solution they just need direction they need a proper direction to get on the right path that'll lead them to where they want to go to get from where we don't want to be to where we do requires two things time number one and a change of direction Because if you were where you wanted to be, you would already know the direction. But if you're not where you want to be, you need number one, time. And number two, a change of directions. Folks, uh, number one, with time, folks want a quick fix. They, they want things to change and automatically everything be okay. We want to lose six pounds a week. Uh, we want to get rich quick, uh, not put in the time, not put in the effort, not put in the study, forget about the work. Uh, somebody one time came and asked me. They had problems on the job. They had problems in the home. They had problems with their parenting. They had problems with their marriage. They had problems with addiction. And they come to me and said, how can I just get a quick fix for my life? How, uh, you know, can I go away on a, on a weekend and check myself in somewhere and get this massive download of information or this massive download of God in my life and everything, uh, everything will be okay? Uh, is there a way to do that? The truth of the matter is, uh, yes, you can immerse yourself uh, in the presence of God. And yes, you can immerse yourself uh, in the Word of God. Uh, but just as in the physical massive growth doesn't happen in a weekend it takes time it takes time yes you can get straightened out yes you can get on the right path but everything isn't just going to fall into place and be fixed in just a moment it takes time it takes time somebody give the Lord a hand clap It takes time. It takes uh, commitment. It takes faith. uh, It takes learning. uh, But it's important also to get on the correct path. One doesn't get to the place that they want uh, the same way they got to the place that they, they didn't want. You have to change your direction. But wherever it is that you are that you don't want to be, the same way that got you there, If you get the path right and the direction right, is the same way you'll get to the place that you want to go by putting one foot in front of the other and just heading in that right direction. Many people say that it'll work out somehow. But if you can look back, look back at your life, you can tell that the path you've taken has gotten you where you are. Good intentions, 
You started out on it. You, you, you were fired up about it. You, you wanted to do right. You wanted to get life right. You wanted to get your, get your stuff in order. Good intentions aren't good enough. The direction you're currently traveling, relationally, financially, spiritually, and on and on and on uh, will determine where you end up uh, in those respective arenas uh, in your life. Uh, in the Old Testament, Jacob, a patriarch, had 12 sons. Reuben was the oldest of his sons. Joseph was the second to the youngest, but was his favorite. His brothers saw him coming one day. And of course, because he was the father's favorite and was showed favoritism, plus he had some dreams that, that put him higher than the others, his, fav his brothers did not favor him very well. And when they seen him one day, saw him coming to check up on them, they said, let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's do away with uh, this dreamer. They wanted to kill him. But Reuben, as I said, was the oldest uh, of the brothers. Uh, Reuben had intended uh, on delivering Joseph. He said, he said, you know what? Let's not kill him. Let's throw him in a pit. Uh, let's throw him in a pit. And the brothers, uh, somehow he convinced them to do that. Uh, and he had intentions uh, of delivering Joseph back to the father, Jacob. Uh, but while he was away the brothers took him up out of the pit and sold him sold him to some slave traders that were going down to Egypt Reuben had the right intentions but he never followed through with it listen Samson never intended to lose his strength but he married a non-believer he married a non-believer listen to me folks there's something about that, 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 that courting and that relationship stuff. And, and you get tied in with somebody that doesn't believe. There's danger in that. The Bible speaks, uh, speaks very specifically about that. You got, you, got to, you got to get linked in with people that believe together. Somebody say hallelujah. Samson married a non-believer and then told her the source of his strength. He didn't intend for it to be his ruin. Peter never intended on denying the Lord. He even told Jesus when Jesus said, before, before the rooster crows, uh, you'll have denied me thrice. Uh, and Peter said, oh, no way, Lord. Uh, I'll go with you to prison. I'll go with you to death. I'll never deny you. He had intentions on being right there, on, on being faithful, on, on being beside Jesus to the end. Good intentions, uh, but while warming his hands uh, by the fire with uh, unbelievers, uh, he said the words, I don't know him, I don't know him. And the third time he swore with an oath, I tell you, I don't know the man. I'm here to let you know today that you can make a change. Whatever your life is, whatever path you're on, whatever direction you've been going down, you can make a change with the help of the Lord. You don't just have to intend on it. You can make a change today. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. It's time to change your direction Today, three things about those that are directionally challenged. Number one, we don't get misdirected. We don't get lost on purpose. You, you, you never know the, the instant when it happens. If you look at Samson's story, he wished not, the, the scripture says, that the spirit had 
departed from him. He didn't know the time when it happened. He couldn't pinpoint the specific, specific day or the specific moment that that actually took place. People that are lost don't realize when they became lost. Now, we know scripturally that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity, that everybody that's born into this life is born lost and is in need of a Savior, in need of salvation. Somebody say amen. So if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never been baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ, if you've never received the glorious gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other languages and other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, all that is for you. Jesus came to make a way for you to have all that. Everybody. But then there's some that, 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 that have received that at some point in their life. But for whatever reason have drifted off. And, and it's like Samson. You wish not that the spirit has departed from you. Shook himself like, like times before. But he didn't realize the spirit had departed from him. People don't realize when that took place. And you don't do it on purpose. The second thing, one never knows exactly when it happened. So don't know the point in which you know where you're at. And, and then your point where you just don't know where you are. You're heading in the direction you thought you were supposed to go. You had directions. You, you're looking on your map. You're looking on your phone, what, whatever. And, and, and somehow now you don't really know where you are. You don't have connection. And now you're just out there. You don't, you don't know when it happened. The third thing, the road I'm on always determines where I end up. Uh, roads lead to destinations. The road that I'm currently on is leading me to a destination. And what we've got to realize and what we've got to think about is the road that I'm on leading me to a place that I want to go. Is the path that I'm on right now leading me to the destination that I want for my life? Think about it. Is this path leading me where I want to go in life? Doesn't matter where I intend to be. The path I take determines my ultimate destination. You always end up down the road that you've taken. People have a propensity to choose paths that do not lead them where they want to go. They're on the path, but they don't want to go to the destination that that path leads them to. You don't always know what's best. Your past proves that. If you think back to your past, you've made mistakes in your life. You know that you don't always know what's the best move. Why is it that people don't connect the dots between decisions that they make and the outcomes that they experience? Make decisions in their life. Decisions on things to do. Decision on, 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 on ways of life. And it leads them to destruction. It leads them to problems. It leads them to, to this and to that. And they don't put it all together. The popular notion is that if our intentions are good, if our heart is in the right place, it's a common tendency to disconnect direction from destination. Listen to me, folks. Nobody plans to mess up their life. They don't just wake up one morning and say, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to make all the wrong decisions. I'm going to do everything I can to mess up every relationship I have. I'm going to do everything I can to mess up everything that I've ever started. You don't do that. 
Think of all the messes in your life, all the messes in this culture, all the messes in this world. Nobody plans for that. Nobody marries with the plan of getting divorced, but more than one half end up that way. It's just not the plan. No teenage girl ever planned to get pregnant her junior year of high school. You don't plan that kind of stuff, but it happens. It happens. Nobody plans to be addicted to anything. You don't plan that kind of stuff. People don't plan that. They don't want that, but after it's done, they wonder how it ever happened. It happens. Nobody plans not to do it is the thing. Intentions may be right, but without getting on the right path, you might just be heading in a destination that when you arrive, you're not going to be happy with it. You're not going to be pleased with it. But the only one you can be mad at will be yourself. Why? Because the principle is at work. You say, well, I intended to. I intended for it to be this way. I intended for, for this to happen and that to happen. But I'm on the wrong path right now. But I intend on turning around someday. I intend on giving my life to God someday. I intend on getting serious about my relationship with God one of these days. I intend on making a change. You've got to do more than intend on it. You've got to make a change. Make up in your mind that it's not just going to be some future tense thing, but that I'm going to make a change in my life with the help of the Lord today. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Submit yourself to God today and he will direct your path. He'll direct your, your path. The Bible says, Reuben, you're unstable as water. Unstableness, folks, will put you in a pit. Unstableness will put you in a pit. I'm, I'm studying, doing a study and reading a book on, on depression, and it's been my intention to, to uh, uh, do a series on, on depression. That's still coming. That's still coming for, for folks. I just feel like that, that, that it's such a prominent thing in, in, in our culture today that, that it needs to be addressed and, and we will address we will address that that unstableness unstableness of water Reuben Reuben that's, that, that's destination that the path takes you unstableness will place you into a pit in, into a pit in, down underneath uh, where you need to be looking around and there's no way out there's just walls uh, all around you unstableness will, will place you into a pit. Uh, the brothers were going to kill him. But Judah, Judah's the one that said, no, let's not kill him. Reuben's away. Reuben intended on getting him out of the pit, uh, but unstableness put him in there and left him there. And the brothers said, hey, let's kill him. But Judah, praise, said, no, let's not kill him. Let's get him out. Uh, praise will get you out of the pit. Praise will get you out of the pit. Unstableness will put you in it, but praise will get you out. Begin praising. Let your affections be set on things above. You begin praising, and you'll get out of that situation. Get out of that. That's the path you want. Praise will get you out. Okay. Get on the right path. 
get on the right path, that's our responsibility. My responsibility for myself is to find the path and take it. Your responsibility is to get yourself on the right path. Not just intend on doing it, but actually do it. Sometimes you got to make an exit off of the road that you're currently taking and do a U-turn and get back uh, going in the, right, uh, in the right direction. That's your responsibility. You say, I'm trying, but all's not good. I'm trying, I'm trying, but it's not happening uh, the way I'd like for it to happen. Listen, the shepherd boy David was called uh, from the pasture. His father was there. His brothers uh, were there. The prophet Samuel was was there carrying a horn of anointing oil. God said, he's the one. He's the one when David come in and he anointed David with oil. He anointed him to be king. Then Samuel leaves there, goes back to Ramah. Jesse goes back to the house. His brothers all go in a different direction. And there's nowhere for David to go but back to the sheep. He's been anointed. He's got fresh oil dripping off of him. But all he is king over is a few sheep that he was king over before he was ever anointed. Our situation doesn't always match our anointing. Our situation doesn't always match our anointing. Just because everything doesn't fall immediately into place, you assume that there must be some sort of mistake. You assume that something must be out of place or maybe it will never happen. Maybe it is God's will. It's just not his time yet. It might be his will, but just not his timing. The promises of God are in him, yea, and amen. For yes, and it is so. God cannot lie. Paul told Timothy, I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He will finish what he started. Orson Welles said, if you want a happy ending, it depends on where you stop the story. Stop the story. Stop the story and it, before it's over. And it may not be too pleasing to you. It may not be too pleasing to you. Folks, we're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. God will always cause us to triumph. He'll always cause us to triumph. It'll be, it'll be all right in the end. If it's not all right right now, it's not the end. Somebody say amen. amen. David's story progresses, and, and it looks like it's going to happen for him. It looks like that, that God is promoting him. Then he gets the breaking news that Saul is going to kill you. Get out of here quick. And he runs and is pursued. He makes his home in caves, hiding, running for his life. And if you stop his story there, or if something would take place in his life right there that would kind of cut it off, you'd think, man, rough life. How about that anointing? How about that promise what happened with all of that how about a guy named Daniel living in captivity in Babylon it seems as though the Lord is blessing him and he is and giving him favor and he did he's faithful despite his circumstances and he prayed morning noon and night three times a day he'd open his window and face set his face toward Jerusalem and he'd pray three times a day 
But then because of a crazy decree, the king is coaxed into by signing by some of the folks that were trying to get to Daniel. If he prays, he'll be put to death. Daniel will. He'll be thrown into a den of hungry lions. He prays, he gets caught, and they throw him into the den of lions. Doesn't seem like blessing, doesn't seem like favor, doesn't seem like things are going too great. Turn to Joseph. Talked about him getting thrown in the pit. We, we think folks have done us wrong. The people that threw him in the pit were his brothers, biological brothers. Threw him into the pit. People that li he lived with day in and day out. They were in his house. Those people threw him into a pit. Sold him into slavery. And then it looks like things are turning around because he he's, keeps getting promoted and he's, he's the head over Potiphar's house there. And, and the guy he's working for is promoting him, trusting him with everything in his house. And maybe things are finally turning around. And then the wife, uh, the wife of Potiphar uh, lusts for him and desires him, lies on him and, and about him lying. Uh, and she tells her husband, her husband throws Joseph into jail. And then he's forgotten there in jail by the butler. He's forgotten there in jail by the baker. You read about Peter. Peter, the most promising of disciples. Uh, Jesus, uh, he's the one that had the, had, had the revelation uh, that, that thou art the Christ, uh, the son of the living uh, God. Uh, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not uh, prevail uh, against it. Yet warming his hands uh, at the fire. I mentioned it a moment ago. He says, I don't know him. I don't know uh, the man, a young man in the book of Acts named Saul from Tarsus. We read about him. He's holding the coats. He's consenting unto those that are stoning Stephen, stoning that man that was standing up and preaching Jesus. There, Saul of Tarsus is consenting unto Stephen's death. And we're told in the story of John chapter 11, it starts in Bethany where Lazarus lives with his sisters Martha and Mary. Jesus loves these folks. We're, we're told about that in that chapter there. And Chapter 11 of John, uh, Jesus is away, and his sisters send word uh, that Lazarus, the one that you love, uh, is sick. Uh, he is sick. We need you uh, to come. We want you to come, Jesus. It was important enough uh, for them to send word uh, to find Jesus, to tell him uh, to come. And God's glory plan uh, there was not, uh, not for Jesus to come while he was still alive. Jesus said when word came this sickness is not unto death but unto the glory of God he waits two more days two more days and it doesn't happen the way Mary and Martha had planned it can you imagine Mary and Martha taking care of their brother Lazarus and he's sick and he's there did you sin for him did you sin for Jesus I don't know how much longer I can make it the breaths are so are so are so struggling right now and, and Mary says yes we sent for him he loves you Lazarus we know he's gonna come Martha did you send word yes we sent word we just know he's going to come he loves you he'll be here any minute 
Abraham and Sarah waited expectantly to have a child. They waited and they waited and they waited. Jacob waited and worked for Rachel to be his wife. He waited seven years and then another seven. Joseph waited longingly in prison. He's in prison forgotten. Forgotten and there he sits waiting and waiting. Noah waits for the water to recede. The Israelites wait 40 years wandering in the wilderness waiting to enter into the promised land. And Mary and Martha and Lazarus wait and they wait. Only Jesus doesn't show up. Nothing changes and you pray and if God is doing anything you can't tell and it's waiting and it's waiting and it's waiting. Then there's the story of all stories. Jesus' betrayal, the mock trial, the scourgings, the beatings, the crown of thorns, the cross. The nails, the pain, the anguish, the blood. And then he cried with a loud voice and said, It is finished. He bowed his head and he died. But it's not over. It's not the conclusion of your situation either. It's just not over yet. God will finish what he started. He'll finish what he begun in you. The story of David, God finishes what he started. David becomes king. What could stop it? God had already stated it. God had already spoken it. He'd already said it. He'd already chosen it. Just hadn't come to pass yet. Just hadn't manifested itself yet. When it was God's time... It happened. Daniel, God closed the mouths of the lions. And Daniel came out the next morning. Joseph, 13 years. 13 years is a long time from the pit. But in one moment, in one moment, God promoted him from prison to palace. Peter, yes, he denied the Lord. And the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. But he got back on track because his first message that he preached on Acts chapter 2, there were 3,000 converted. Saul of Tarsus uh, with letters in hand on the road to Damascus. Uh, but there he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, and we now know him as Paul. And he turned the, what was then known as the world up side down preaching the gospel back to Mary and Martha he arrives Jesus does and they say but now he's been dead for four days Martha said Lord if you had been here if you'd only been here she didn't question she didn't doubt his power but she's questioning his timing if you'd have been here our brother had not died she's mad because Jesus doesn't show up when she wants him to and I believe that's worth noting the question for us is not whether or not God can do it God can do it and probably a high percentage of individuals in this house 
house believe that God can do anything that there's nothing impossible to him that believeth we believe in God's ability to do the question is is can you wait and keep believing that he'll do it for you Will you wait? Will you continue to hope in him? Even when it seems like his timing is off. Martha's upset about Jesus' timing. But talk about a statement of faith in verse number 22 of John 11. But I know that even now, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even now, even though the situation looks bleak, even though in our minds we may think that it's over. Four days now, the opportunity for it to happen, the door has already been closed. But I believe that even now, You can still walk on the scene and speak and bring life to that dead situation. Even now. Somebody lift your hands to the Lord. Even now. Even now, even though you haven't done what I expected, you're still God. You're all-powerful, and I'm not. You're all-knowing, and I'm not. It's not over. He will finish what he started. He will finish what he started. He'll finish what he started. Jesus cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And many people did believe. And God got glory. Never give up on him. Never give up on him. Even when he doesn't do it like you want him to do it. Don't give up. He will finish what he started. Jesus died on that rugged cross. They put his body in a tomb. But three days later he arose victorious over death hell in the grave the stone was rolled away so we could get in and see the angel said he's not here but he is risen he is risen he is alive don't give up now in the process of time God is going to do what he said he'd do God is going to do what he said he will do he will finish what he started we may not finish things sometimes we may start some things and and not get to the finish line we may start some projects and give up on them but God will never give up he'll never give up on you he will finish what he started but you got to hold on you got to keep running the race you got to stay on the right path. You got to trust God and he'll see you through because he'll finish what he started. Stay with me. Stand to your feet right now. Somebody that's been beat up with life. Somebody who's almost given up on the promises that God has made you. Somebody that's facing the toughest situation that you've ever been through. Somebody whose past hurts are knocking on your door again. Don't give up. Don't quit. You'll finish what he started. God's not done with your life yet. God's not done with your family yet. 
I don't know what you have need of today. It may be healing for your body. It may be baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. It may be the infilling of God's Spirit. It may be repentance in your life. Change. It may be commitment that's needed in your life. It may be an unsaved husband, an unsaved child, an unsaved friend. It may be for a good job. It may be for an old hurt or an old room. Whatever it is is don't give up don't quit take a step today towards God and believe that he is going to finish what he started he'll finish what he started don't quit now. God is faithful in the end. He's not working it out. It's not the end. If it's not working out right now, just hang in there because it's not over. He'll finish what he started. God's not finished. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day 